Hello, I'm Amber Athey, Washington editor of The Spectator, and I'm here to tell you about our fantastic new election offer. Go to spectator.us slash election offer and subscribe to get three months free access to The Spectator US website and our new app available on the Apple and Google Play stores. Make sure you're getting the very best coverage and commentary in the run-up to November 3rd. Find out more at spectator.us slash election offer. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. This is an election year. Will Donald Trump be re-elected? What is going on with the Democrats? And has America gone even more crazy? We'll be discussing all of these things and more, more than once a week, because we don't feel you have enough Americano in your life. I'm joined today by Marcus Roberts, who is head of international projects at YouGov. And we're going to be looking at the latest polls. CNN yesterday produced a very dramatic looking poll that showed Biden 16 points ahead nationally. Now, we've spoken about the usefulness or not of national polls before, but that nonetheless seems to be quite a dramatic shift in Biden's favour. Yes, I'd agree with that. Has there been a shift to the advantage of uh, the Biden campaign since the debates? Yes. Has there been a further shift since President Trump uh, was sadly hospitalized? Yes, that's the case as well. Do I think that the shift has been 16 points, as CNN were reporting, or 14 points and and, uh, 11 points, respectively, as some other pollsters have put out in the last 24 hours? No. And, And here's why. There's such a thing as partisan non-response bias. And what partisan uh, non-response bias is, is when the people who are answering your survey are markedly different from the people who aren't answering your survey. In other words, you have a sample problem. And when I see numbers like a 16-point jump out of nowhere in a poll after some very bad news, for one candidate in an election, what I immediately think of is the sample of that poll actually accurate, or are a large number of supporters of one candidate who's suffering some bad news cycles not responding to the poll properly at the moment. And that's why I'd probably treat that 16-point number with a little bit of caution. Why would they not be answering? Because they're depressed about the news cycle or because they distrust the media because of what's happening in the news or a combination of those things? Probably a combination, but mainly because when things are bad for your side, you don't particularly want to talk about things being bad for your side. That tends to be the biggest reason. And this was a big problem in uh, the polling in the 2016 cycle. You'll remember after the Access Hollywood tape leak with regard to then-candidate Trump's very unfortunate and quite wrong remarks about women, his poll numbers really collapsed. In retrospect, when we were doing our polling autopsies after that election, we found as pollsters that it was less to do with his numbers really falling off a cliff, although there was some diminution in them, and more to do with a number of Trump voters saying, I'm simply not going to answer polls at the moment. So what we do at YouGov and what other pollsters who have tried to tackle this problem very seriously since is we look at the sample composition and we make sure that it's weighted to take into account what it should look like in terms of the balance of Democrats, Republicans, and independents, as well as demographic and socioeconomic factors, to ensure 
that it's an accurate sample. And the way we do that is we sense check to see whether the electorate looks like the electorate looked previously in terms of past vote record. And if all of a sudden, when we're running a poll and we compare it to voters' past vote records, and we see that actually on those numbers that the sample size would have delivered a Hillary Clinton landslide, we would know that there was a problem with the sample and could adjust in terms of the weighting accordingly. So that's what some of the pollsters like YouGov have been doing to ensure what we believe is a more accurate sample. And we're posting still significant leads for Joe Biden um, in the high single digits, but not in the mid-teens. Yes, I wonder what does non-partisan response also suggest you might even get non-partisan depression in the actual voting, as it were, as a sort of uh, partisans for Trump might be so disengaged by the news cycle that they don't even want to vote. And that can be the case. And that, of course, is the political danger right now for the Trump campaign. So a very good pollster is Survey USA. Survey USA said that they were posting 16-point leads for Joe Biden in the period prior to President Trump's self-release from hospital. But then the poll dropped to a 10-point lead for Joe Biden after the president got out. I think that the president understood the political risk he was running every single day he was in hospital. And as wrong as in terms of the general medical consensus is to self-release after such a short period of time by virtue of being the commander-in-chief and your ability to order your doctors to let you out, it's probably the case that President Trump has to some extent stopped that immediate crash in his numbers. Although the way that he's handling the crisis in terms of, shall we say, a somewhat cavalier attitude to the seriousness of coronavirus is not going down well with some of the voters he most needs to get back. With nearly two-thirds of Americans currently saying that they disapprove of the way that the president is handling the coronavirus pandemic, and the coronavirus pandemic, of course, continues to be the number one issue in the election. And if you aren't leading on the number one issue in an election, it's very hard to win that election. I mean, I think a lot of people are confused about the delay between news events and polling. And a lot of people yesterday were suggesting that the 16-point lead in the CNN poll was because of the debate response, not necessarily the COVID response. Would you, do you think it actually does include Trump's self-release from hospital and so on? Yeah, I think it's very easy to tell. Just look in these instances at when the poll was conducted. I tend personally to like to wait 48 hours or better 72 hours after a major news event to see what polling actually looks like in terms of a more settled picture. I think that that's why it's safer to take a calmer view of these things. And in this respect, that's why models can help. I particularly, of course, make a shout out to the YouGov MRP model that we're building with CBS. But I'd also actually like to praise The Economist's work. What The Economist has done is built a model that takes into account not just polling, but a lot of other factors in terms of the state of the economy, in terms of historical trends, in terms of past elections, a variety of other data sources. Similar to what a multi-level regression post-ratification or MRP model does, but uh, with, 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 shall we say, a lot more other sources of data that is not as strictly political. And what The Economist is showing at the moment is really interesting. They're projecting a 341 electoral college result for Joe Biden. Remember, you only need 270 to win. And they're reflecting a popular vote win of 54.3 to 45.7. And they're taking into account, shall we say, a more 
modified, more modest number, even out of the CNN 16-point lead when they're feeding that into their model in order to account for factors like partisan non-response bias. And lastly, Marcus, I'm going to get you to take us through MRP modeling at some future stage. But uh, lastly, for this podcast, I'd like to ask you a bit about that. You mentioned earlier the Access Hollywood tape, which famously did cause this tremendous tumble in Trump's polling. And of course, Trump ended up winning. I wonder how similar is what's happening in the polls now to what happened there with that tape? I think it's similar in terms of being very bad news for Mr. Trump's candidacy, but it's different in that what the Axis Hollywood tape confirmed was that people's negative impressions or perceptions about Mr. Trump were more or less correct. What is so dangerous for Mr. Trump in this instance is that it's attacking his positives, his strengths, rather than his weaknesses. It's not a confirmation of people's suspicions that he is a problematic relationship with women, to put it mildly. It's more that President Trump has always prided himself on presenting himself as the strong man in charge. And for the strong man in charge to have not had a grip on the crisis to the extent that he himself has been hospitalized by it, along with all of the very unfortunate kerfuffle that followed in terms of not being clear and direct with the American people about what his situation was, what the contact tracing results consequences were, and what was actually happening in terms of the timeline of his testing and treatment. All of that contributed to a new and different kind of problem than he faced four years ago with regard to Access Hollywood, and that is an attack upon his strength and his stature as a leader. And that's what's so politically dangerous for him in this situation. Marcus, it's always a great pleasure to talk to you. Let's speak again soon. 